thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. This is David Perkins, and we're so glad that you're listening. Hey, if you're a part of our family meeting online or in person, we want to encourage you to get connected at Radiant Church KC across all social media platforms. God is doing something incredible in Kansas City, and we love connecting with you, whether it's through our app or even through all the content available on our YouTube page. Hey, our prayer is that God uses this message to change your life and that you could become a dynamic disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this message. Hey, if you have your Bibles, you can open them up. Here's, I'd like you to go to Ephesians chapter two, which was the text um, in the video. And here's where we're going over these next few weeks. It's just a short series where we had people last week who said, yeah, I want to follow Jesus and be rescued um, from living in darkness, moving into light. And one of the things I feel like for me, I've been a follower of Jesus for a long time now. And, and, and my burden was in the middle of beginning that journey, for those of you that are new to the faith, and for many of you who have been following Jesus for decades, the reality of the spiritual battle that we're in. And so I, sometimes I feel like it's easy for us to have commentary about how well we're doing and not necessarily talk about the, the struggle, the battle that, that we're in week to week, month to month, year to year. And, and so I want I to take a few weeks and, and talk about um, Ephesians 2 lays out three different ways where we look at what we're fighting against, what the battle is against. And so the phrases are the world, the flesh, and the devil. So I know you're thinking, wow, this sounds like glad I came to church. What a great sermon series. I think it's significant for us to actually talk about the battle that we're in and even to identify what it looks like to be a people that move out of the world. What it looks like that the world, the ways of the world, that's the way Paul says it, the ways of the world are, are obviously a temptation all the time. And then we'll, we'll talk about the flesh and the, the battle that we're in to constantly live in the spirit and fight against our flesh. And then there's so much text about actually the enemy, that you have a real enemy. And you look at, uh, you, you look in the first century and, and, and there, it wasn't a question on, <laughs> on if there's a real devil, if we're really fighting a real battle or not. And so my burden is to take just a few weeks, short series here, three weeks, take this Ephesians 2 text and, and, and lean into those three ideas. So we'll go after the world today, and we'll go after the flesh next week, and then, uh, and then we'll go after, then we won't go after the flesh, so that's not what I mean. We, we'll, we'll study that, and then, um, and then we'll talk about it the next week. So, okay, you ready to go? Ephesians chapter two, okay, let's read it, and then we'll go after it. Okay, it says this, um, verse one. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world. That's what I'm gonna talk about today, the ways of the world. And of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. So you're of a different spirit. And all of us who lived among them at one time, and here's the phrase, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. And I just wanna lean in and talk about those battles. There's, a, there's so much in that, because that's the fight that we're all in. Father, we ask you would help us as your children, as people that are living no longer in the dominion of darkness, but having been rescued into the kingdom of the son you love. Help us, Lord God, in this spiritual battle that we're in. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would help us follow you wholeheartedly. We ask, Lord God, that we would be lights in a dark world and that the temptation and the allurement of the world would not put hooks in our heart. We pray, Lord Jesus, you would help us. We love you and we honor you in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Uh, there was a little window of time 
um, between the, the moment that Renata and I knew that God was calling us to plant a church in Kansas City and when we actually left Colorado Springs. This was years ago, 2016. And, um, and in that season, we, we kind of had some, some, some things in our lives that demonstrated that the, though we had not made the physical move, we had already made the move in our heart. So there's that window of time. It's, a, it's, 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 this, it's this little crossover season. So not everybody that in our world in Colorado Springs, where we had served in ministry for 16 years, knew that we had made the transition. But some of our behavior patterns started to demonstrate that we were looking towards a new era, right? So for example, there was uh, moments where we were sitting on the internet and we're no longer studying real estate in Colorado Springs. We're looking at Kansas City. There's moments where we're looking at what, where you change in the weather app, not just Colorado Springs, but what's it like in Kansas City? There, there's, there's moments where we're shifting. I had spent 16 years leading prayer meetings, praying, oh God, I asked for Colorado Springs and I would pray over the rooftops and, and we, I'd prayed in churches. I probably prayed in about 20 different churches across the city. I'd led this initiative where we'd go pray in the different churches and we'd pray that all of the churches would make a difference in the city. And, and, and so, so, but I, I started to feel my prayer life start to shift from praying over the city to start to pray over maps in Kansas City. And, and, and actually, one of the things that took place was uh, we, we loved going to South Carolina. It's our favorite place where we would go on family vacation. But if we were honest, it was a little bit uh, strange for some of our friends to find out that in the summer of 2015, we didn't take our vacation to the beach. We took our vacation to 107th and Metcalf right there in Overland Park. And then that we spent our time just playing in Kansas City, just kind of figuring out a little bit. Why? Because there was, there was behavior patterns that, it, that, that affected where our heart was. Our heart had shifted. So, so, so though we loved Though we loved Colorado Springs, and that was our assignment for 16 years, the Lord had started to shift our heart, and we were looking towards what God had called us to, and there was, there was behavior patterns that demonstrated that we, were, that we were moving on, that our heart was in a new place. And I just thought of those thoughts when I was reading this idea about the world, because in the, the ways of the world are, are, are fading for the Christian, and the ways of the kingdom the ways of heaven, the ways of Jesus are growing. So you're in this season right here where you've got just, our, Psalm 39 says that our life is but a mere breath and, and that the behavior patterns are pointing towards the future of who you are, where you're going. Listen to the way that John says this in 1 John 2. He says, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away. But whoever does the will of God lives forever. So we want to be in this place where the desires for the ways of the world are passing away. And the desires for the things of God, the desires for the ways of Jesus are increasing. And so one of the things that you can check in your heart as you live this every day is what's growing. Is, is the ways of the world growing in your heart 
or is the way of Jesus growing in your heart? Like which one is taking up more space? There was a moment when we were making the transition to Kansas City where a salesman came and gave me this incredible pitch about buying a ski pass for the winter. And I knew that I was going to Kansas City and there was no way that that salesman could talk me into purchasing a ski pass for the slopes of Colorado because I knew I wasn't gonna be here, right? It, I, uh, it, you can sell me on every restaurant, anything in real estate, you, but, but I've already made the transition in my heart. So you, as someone who is taking up residency in, you've got a future in heaven with Jesus, you've got the present tense, things of the kingdom, the ways of the world, no one can talk you into it. The, the, the ways of the world have started to fade. So, so there will be constant commercials, salesmen. There will be constant people that come and tell you lies. And it's, this, this text talks about our, our father, 1 John 2. But the father of lies, the devil, is constantly feeding lies. And the ways of the world is to believe the lies of the enemy. And so it's, 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 a, it's a behavior pattern because there's a thinking process that believes lies, that believes this is all there is. But for the way of the follower of Jesus, this is not all there is. We're, we're looking towards what's not passing away. We're looking towards what's eternal. And the truth is that you and I know the longer that we follow Jesus and the decades start to go by quickly, that even as we age, we're able to see <laughs> this, is a, this is a short-term process. That it, this is the, the more that the ways of my heavenly father, instead of the, the father of lies, the more that I could take on the ways of the kingdom, I, I'll recognize that's what lasts forever. And even, even the fleeting pleasures of the planet don't last long. Uh, this week, I get the privilege of uh, serving on the board at a missions organization and and so I, one, of the things, one of the things that I love about serving on this, in addition to all the kingdom work they do, is the friends that I have on the team. And one of the fun things about it is that I'm the youngest board member. So I just, I, the, one of the fun things about that is that uh, in my context here, you know, like uh, every, all my staff is younger than me except my dad, which has been a great process of bringing dad on the team because now, you know, I'm no longer the oldest guy um, and we've got the full spectrum. So all these, all, all, so, but my team is so young that there's always the comments and then I'll always give like the, pers- the, the wise mature in my forties perspective, right? Um, and that's the part that I play, you know, 51 weeks out of the year. But one week out of the year, when I go to this board meeting, I'm the young guy. And so they always look at me and they're always like, Hey, David, what do you and the next generation think? And I'm always like, me and the next generation. That's right. What's up? How you doing? I always feel good about it. And one of the people that serves uh, with me that I always see was one of my childhood friends. And so we actually, we grew up in Moscow, Idaho together. So my dad was actually his pastor way back then. And so I see him every time that we go there. And so his kids are, he's a little bit older than I am. His kids are in their twenties. My kids are teenagers. Um, But every time that I'm with him, there's that moment where I remember, like he's, he's my height. Mm, Love that guy. He's my height. He's bald. Love that guy. And, uh, and, and. And there was a day, though, where he drove a very cool car, had a perm, loved the 80s. He's not that guy anymore, right? And, and, and we did some life together in the 80s. And all it takes is gathering together this week at the board meeting to recognize, uh, hey, you 50, I'm 45. We, we ain't the same as where we used to be, baby. You know what I mean? Like 40 years kind of, it's gone quick. 35 years gone quick. And, and, and things are changing. 
And, and that's the most obvious illustration that you can give. But all of us have had moments where you just look and you go, you, you blink. It's been a couple decades and you go, wow, like not only, not only is the way of Jesus for eternity, but even, even the opportunity to pursue the pleasures of the planet is passing. It, 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 makes, it makes no logical sense to give myself to the ways of the world when the ways of the kingdom are what lasts forever and ever. It's quick. It's quick. It's, 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 and and so, so you've got all throughout the New Testament, you've got this emphasis on coming back towards leaving the ways of the world. There's, there's prayers from Paul. We call them apostolic prayers. There's prayers that Paul prays. There's prayer, prayers that Jesus prays that we would be people that turn our backs on the ways of the world so that we can be people that follow the ways of the kingdom, that follow Jesus. I took my family to see this movie, um, His Only Son, and it's about Abraham. And I, I really enjoyed it. It was great. Our, our family loved it. And yet, it's, it's the story, basically, the, just the moment of Abraham leaving everything that he has known, following the word from God, that go to a place that I'll show you. And it's a statement of faith, like leave everything that you know. I'm, you, you, you don't get to know the destination. I'm just, I've got something that I want to do in you. I've got a place that I want to take you. I'll make you the father of a great nation. I want you to go, but here's what you get. You got to leave your world. You got to leave what's comfortable. You got to leave what you know so that uh, you can go to a place and become what I've called you to be. When we're thinking about leaving the ways of the world, you are like Abraham, where you are making choices to leave what everybody else is doing. The thinking, the ways of the world, the process, how the world lives without God, ignorant of God. It's, an, it's a mindset where God is not a part of the conversation. And you've got to leave that Walk out of the ways of the world. Walk out of the kind of thinking that leaves God out of the equation and walk into the world that God has called you to live in. And when you step into this world, this is the place where you can flourish. This is the place where then God fulfills the promises that he has for you. The temptation is to try to create a hybrid where you say, I'll live with one foot in the ways of the world and one foot as a follower of Jesus and live right here where you're stuck. And if you live in this space, then it's always a lukewarm space. It's an apathetic space. And ultimately, it's a miserable space. So the goal is, is that you would step out and actually make the choice to leave the ways of the world. That's the way that Paul says in Ephesians 2. To to leave the ways of the world to step into what God has for you. D.L. Moody has this great quote. This is where I want to conclude today. Uh, I'm going to close with this quote again because I want to talk about this the whole time. But listen to the way that he says, I just think it's a perfect metaphor. He says this, Christians should live in the world, but not be filled with it, obvious. A ship lives in the water, but if the water gets into the ship, she goes to the bottom. So So Christians may live in the world, but if the world gets in them, they sink. Let me say it again, because Will sneezed right as I got to the point, all right? Okay, that's okay, I love you. He's a trustee, bless you. All right, so here we go. I just, that was right my punchline, pa 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 and that was what I was building towards, so I just want to hit it again. All right, Christians should live in the world, but not be filled with it. A ship lives in the water, but if the water gets into the ship, the ship goes to the bottom. So Christians may live in the world, but if the world gets in them, they sink. So here's what I think, I just love that picture, because 
One of the pieces that's most necessary for us to accomplish the purpose that God has for us as a church is that you actually are in the world. Like if we become a people that just pull back and the ways of the world are too strong so we don't enter the world, then we fail. We're called to be a light in the darkness. So even the way that we name the church is a radiant church because God's called us to penetrate and go into the world. So as we talk about the ways of the world, it's not to not exist in the world. That's what we're called to do. But you gotta be strong enough you got to be strong enough with the ways of the kingdom, with the ways of Jesus in the midst of the world so that you don't sink. For me, I think one of the most challenging seasons of my life was when I lived uh, as a college student in the dorms at the University of Oklahoma because the, the ways of the world were all around me. So I, I've had all kinds of seasons in my life where I'm always intentionally working to be around people that don't know Jesus, to be a light in the darkness, but I remember in that season where I lived in it, where I, I mean, when, you, when I lived in the dorm and the, 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 the godlessness, the ways of the world, the living without God from the, my roommates in the morning to the classes to all through the evening to when they're still up with godless and the, all the way till I go to sleep at night, I remember feeling like this is difficult. And if you, if it, every time that you make a choice to be in the culture, but n never get away to be with the people of God, to help get away to be with Jesus, get away to come to church, and the world will say, you are crazy. You're gonna go on your day off. You only have one day off. Maybe you have two days off, you know, and you're gonna spend the morning with your religious association or what, and they'll, they'll categorize it in a way that's not the way that you categorize it. For, they, they just think that you're extreme and crazy. But let me tell you, if you live a life where you're always, you're always living without thinking about God, with the ways of the world, and you, you don't stop and get away and get with God, get with the people of God, get in a circle, in a discipleship group, a small group, and have the people of God. Hell, it, is, it is so challenging it's so challenging to be a light and to follow Jesus when you're always around godless thinking and you never take this, the moments to pull out and be with God. That's one of the things that is, is so critical why we come to church on Sunday. It's, it's so, it, and every time that you do that, you're making the statement. All right, I choose the ways of the kingdom over the ways of the world. So yes, they'll look at you and think it's crazy, but that's, that's a part of what caused you to, to go, be able to go back Gather with the saints, and then the saints scatter, and we go be a light. So Jesus prays this, and I want to pray this prayer because as I was reading this prayer from Jesus about the world, I felt like Jesus feels like a parent for just a minute. Now, just bear with me. He's praying for his disciples, and I almost feel like this paternal, I mean, it's, no, it's not, I'm not, I'm not a heretic here, but you could feel this, you could feel as he's praying for his brothers how much he, he wants to protect them, just like we as parents would want to protect our children. Just listen to this. He says this. He says this to the Father. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. For they are not, and here's the phrase, of the world, any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world. And that's tempting to do. Yeah. It's so tempting for us to say, oh, it's too hard. I'll just, I'll just go, I'll, just, I'll stay in my house and just, we'll, we'll avoid the world. Don't do that. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. I just love that, that protection. They are not of the world, even as not, I am not of it. And, and this is one of the things I think we do for each other. 
We pray for each other. We're all going back to be a light into our world. One of the great things, one of the things when, when you do the prayer meeting on Monday night, maybe you do this when your family gathers and your family, uh, we call it tribal Bible in my family. What, I don't know, in your marriage or whatever your family looks like when you gather together and you pray together. But what you're doing is you're called to be a light. And so you come together and you know that, that, that the struggle, the battle is real, that the ways of the world, the flesh and the devil are not made up, that it's, there's really an attack and that it's tempting for us to embrace the thought process of the world, which is just leaving God out. It's just that place where we live, sin, where I'm going to ignore God, do my way instead of the ways of God. That's basic worldliness right there, where we just leave God out. I was um, with my family in a public place. Screens were on. I feel like there's screens in every environment. I mean, it's just like Renata makes the joke. Whenever I say, where do you want to go out to eat? She will say to whatever restaurant has no screens, right? Because there's just screens everywhere. And we're in a public place and there's a screen on. And one of my children uh, comes to me and asks me a question based upon a commercial that they saw. And I just, I, I just felt everything in me just Filled with this feeling right here. Oh God, protect my child from the evil one. God, the ways of the world, the thinking that leaves God out are so prevalent. They're all around me. That's why it's one of the most important things for you to gather with the people and pray together. And you think, oh no, I'm strong. I don't, I, I, I don't need that. I, oh, 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 oh yeah, you do. Oh, 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 I tell you what, I, I'll be a cultural Christian where I have just sparse church attendance and live mostly ignorant of God without God most of the time. No, no, you need to have moments where you pull out of the leaving God out ways, the ignoring God ways, the culture that leaves God out of every equation and get alone with God, be with the people of God, pray with God. Worldliness is not an issue of places or activities. It's an issue of the heart. And, and here's why I say this. I'm a, I'm a preacher's kid, and I remember um, when I was a preacher's kid, I would get together with other preacher's kids, and we all would have the same kind of joking about how sh who, who had the strictest parents, right? Uh, maybe if you're not a pastor's kid, you're like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Well, that's what pastor's kids do, right? We're like, oh, all right, thank you. Yeah. And so we would get there, and, and, and here's what we would say. We would say, it was, it was usually about three things. It was usually about what we could wear, where we, what we could watch, where we could go. That was basically it. So, so well, it was things like, well, you know, my shorts have to be down to here. I mean, dudes didn't, but the girls said things like that, you know, like the girls' dresses, the girl, what, what you could wear, where you could go. Some of us could go to some places, some of us could. You know, some of, some, some of the preacher's kids could get to go see PG movies. Some couldn't go to movies at all. Some could see only G, some could go to PG-13. Those were the, the, like the terror children, you know, like, like, wow, right? And we didn't even know what PG stood for, but we just knew it was all the bad things, right? So it was, it was, where, you could, it was where you could go, what you could watch, um, what you could wear. And, and we would have these conversations, and, 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 it, and, and that was the way that as children we were defining worldliness. Ooh, you can, you can watch PG-13. Woo, y'all, y'all cray-cray, you know, like in that world. But even as adults, it's tempting for us to start to put it around people and places, and it's not people and places. Worldliness is not people and places. Worldliness is a way of thinking. Worldliness is, is an attitude of the heart. Worldliness is any kind of way that I leave God out of the equation. And so 
so, so, so don't limit it to that. I mean, for me, all of that got switched. You know, in my 20s, I started just traveling around the globe and I started to see different cultures and it gets really strange to start trying to put everything in a box when you're, you're preaching to people that, I mean, they wouldn't even fit the dress code in my public school and, you know, high school, you know what I'm saying? It was like scary. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, so, so, so don't make it about people and places, make it about the attitude of the heart. And so just a couple thoughts about disciples and, and, and just, I'm just looking at Jesus prayer and I, some of the things I see, number one, disciples don't think like the world thinks. So it, that's where it starts. It's in your mind. It's, it's coming to this place of starting with, what do I think about? I'm going to bring God into my thoughts. Romans 12, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Here's my point. In all the ways of trying to walk out of the ways of the world and into what Jesus has for you as a disciple, it's knowing the ways of God and trying to get the thoughts of God, the patterns of God, what God values into what you value and start to think that way. And God actually has an opinion. So I know that our culture says um, that you're the center. I know that the culture leaves God out of the conversation. But as a Christ follower, we're people that know that God actually forms opinions about how we live. Psalm 97, let those who love the Lord hate evil. Whew. There you go. Well, what's my opinion on evil? And what, no, no, no. Here's, here's who are, we are, the people of God. God has an opinion, so we take on his opinion. So let those who love the Lord hate evil, Psalm 9710. Psalm 119, 103, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts. Therefore, I hate every wrong path. I just like that word, every. Jesus says in Matthew 7 that narrow is the way. The road that we're traveling on is narrow. Wide is the gate that leads to destruction. Tempting to just, well, you go on your path, I'll go on mine. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Not lots of paths. Not all paths are equal. No, we're on the narrow path. Psalm 119, 127. Because I love your commands more than gold, more than pure gold. And because I consider all your precepts right, I hate every wrong path. Ooh, I don't know that the culture likes the word hate. They don't. But when you say, I hate the ways that are godless, people will call you crazy. In the culture, you say, I, we're, we're gonna, we're, I'm going to follow God and I'm going to have an opinion about the way that is narrow versus the way that is broad. And you, and you, and you have that and communicate that. And it's one of the things that is significant about the church of Jesus Christ is that we are not spineless, that we're strong. Here I stand, Bonhoeffer. Here I stand, Luther. Here I stand, here I stand. This is, so, so it's not passive. It's have a backbone. It's believe something, have some convictions, know what the word of God says. And this is the narrow way. This is where I stand. And you have that. And I'm telling you, the, the world, the world will have an opinion about you. And that's hard because one of the things in our culture is we want to be liked by everybody. We, we want everybody to like us. But when you look at the one that you follow, he went to a cross. And I'm just telling you, as you stand in the convictions of what God has for each one of us, and you know, he has rescued me out of the dominion of darkness. He's rescued me and he's brought me into the kingdom of the son he loves. Colossians 1. 
That rescuing brings you out of a way that lives without God, where, where darkness is called fine, okay. But for the people of God who are love God, we actually say that thing in the commercial that's out to form the way that my son thinks, I hate it. That, that, sorry, that thing that is, that it's, and it's, it's just, it's, it's just little information, little information, a little bit on Twitter, a little bit on a commercial, a little bit on Instagram. It's, and, and, and it, it, it fills the culture. And, and here's what it says. It just says, just leave God out. And, and, and different people in the marketplace of ideas will push their ideas. But at the core, it's, it's do life without God. And so disciples are people that we start to think different. And, and Jesus, I just want to give you what Jesus says, because this is hard to hear. Because this is hard for me to hear. But this is what Jesus said to his disciples. You're one of his disciples. Here's what Jesus says. In John 15, 8, he says, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. I'm just giving you that word hate because we, we hate the word hate. I hate the word hate. Ooh, I don't want hate. Disciples expect to be hated by the world. Oh, oh no, no, no. That's okay. We gather together. We encourage each other. We talk to each other. We look at each other. We go, this is to be expected. Oh, but I, I like to be liked by everybody. The one that you follow was crucified on a cross. And he looked at his disciples and he said, expect to be hated. And I'm just saying, the world will look at you. There's no way that the world, people that leave God out, at the end of the day, they can't adore your position. Everybody loves something. So, so they want you to be, have your allegiance to the business. Your first love is the business. The first love never has all of your allegiance. It can't. Jesus has your allegiance. So what they're loyal to, and anybody that's trying to get you on their train, it's always at least second to you. So they say, here's the cause that we'll die for. Here's, here's the political party that we'll die for. Here's the business that we'll die for. Here's the, that we care about. It's number one. And we want you to be with us. And they leave God out. So at the root system, it's here's what's number one to the world. Care about what we care about. By virtue of you following the perfect son of God that died on a cross, rose from the dead, has your love and your allegiance and your loyalty, no matter what cause, idea they bring to you, you can never have, that thing never has your full allegiance. So they can, so deep down they go, I don't know if I can ever trust you. You, 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 you're not loyal to the financial system. You're not loyal to the political cause. You're not loyal to, um, to whatever is the thing that they want you to run with that their allegiance, that, that has their allegiance. And you, your allegiance is, I love the things of God. I, 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 that's, that's what's first place in my heart. That's what's first place in my life. And, and the world will hate you too because they don't own you. They don't own you. And, and that's what Jesus says. He prays that. He prays. They, 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 they don't belong to the world. They don't belong to the ways of the world. Jesus prays for us to protect them. And so 
you start to live in defiance of the world that says, leave God out and they'll call you crazy. And they will think you're nuts. You come to, with the people of God and you start a Sunday and every Sunday, every, last week was Easter, but every Sunday we're celebrating the resurrection. Jesus is not here. He has risen. And so we gather together and the, the, and the culture says, don't go to church. Just watch Instagram. Just golf. Just, just I don't know, sleep in. Just go to brunch. Just, just, but the people of God go, no, I'm going to gather with the people of God and we're going to stand in the congregation and declare with allegiance, you're my first love. Whatever the words are, and the words always change. They start off, you know, down the Via Dolorosa with Sandy Patty in the 80s, and now we're singing at something about fighting battles now. The words will change, but the heart is the same. You're my first love. You're, 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 you're what I'm about. And you have my loyalty. And so the ways of the world says, leave God out. Come on, man. The ways of the kingdom go, oh, no, he's got my first love. The ways of the kingdom say, I, I gather. Every time you gather, whether it's on a Sunday or in a small group or in a prayer meeting, or even when you gather with your family or whatever it looks like, you're saying, we will put God number one. I will not live my life without God at the center. God number one. The ways of the world is a mindset. It's not, it's not, the ways of the world, it's not ultimately a debate about, now, can I know I'm making fun about that being people in places, but can I just say to the parents that are wrestling with that, I love you for that. I, 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 love, I love the parents that care enough. So I don't make fun of my parents about it. I actually, because here's what, I, here's what I, I felt in the heart of my parents. These kids belong to God and I'm gonna fight for them. And so though the debate became, what can you wear? What can you watch? You know, where can you go? Where can you not go? What, what games can you play? What games can you not play? The heart behind it was the world can't have my children. And, and so, and so every, every generation, what, I, what, I, what I'm looking at with my kids is, is with screens nonstop is different than what my parents were dealing with back in the glory days where everything was godly in the 80s, you know, like just, just lunch pails and thermoses and Dukes of Hazard. That's all we had to work on back then. Those were the easy days compared to now. My parents look at me and go, wow, wow, David, what, you, what you're dealing with is harder than what we had to deal with, right? And, 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 and I, just, I just say that to say, don't, don't, don't mock the people that, are, that are, are looking for every kind of way to help their kids. That prayer that's in Jesus' heart, that's what's going on in their heart. They're going, I'm just trying to protect them. All right, last thought is this. Uh, disciples aren't friends with the world. Now hear me out, James 4.4. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. That's not David's opinion. I'm just, I'm just giving you what James says right here. So this is challenging because it's easy for us to befriend the culture that leaves God out. And when I think about Jesus, Jesus denounces greed. Jesus denounces immorality. Nobody was clearer on the subject of not being a friend with the ideas of the world. Ideas, greed, leave God out and get all I can for me. Immorality, my body belongs to me. I'll do with it what I want. Leave God out, immorality. Jesus was crystal clear. 
He was not friends with the cosmos is the Greek word there. He's not friends with the world and that idea and the ideas. And yet there was no one who was a friend of people in the world like Jesus. He's the friend of sinners. So in all of our ideas about how we don't embrace the leave God out world, how we, how we stay out of that, the one who did it better than all of us, the one who is our example, was so intentional to be friends with the people who left God out so that he could lead them to God. So in the sermon on the ways of the world, the sermon on don't love the world, on the sermon on the temptation of the world, it's not so that we say, let's just go get out of here. Let's just get away because it's the ideas. It's so hard. It's so bad. It's, you don't get that privilege. You actually have a greater privilege to be like Jesus, to be the people in the pressure in the cooker, in the hot box, where the ways of the world are all around us. And you're intentionally loving the people in the world. Jesus went, Zacchaeus, hey, you're the one who has the reputation of loving money. I'm coming to your house. And so you've got an idea system that might not be right, but I care about you. And so you've got a name and I'm gonna know you. And you know people that are like that. And they're always going to, they're, they're going to try to pull you to make, to live a life where you leave God out too. But the people that are refused to be friends with the ideas of the world are the same people that go in and they are friends of the people in the world. And that's, that's my prayer for you. And I just say that because I think it's one of the things I love about Radiant Church is the stories about people going and all through the week. We're starting stories. We're loving people. We're having conversations. We're taking care of them. We're showing Jesus to them. And we're friends of God. We denounce the ways of the world. But we too are just... We're, we're friends of sinners and you can name them. This is, this is who I'm, Jesus, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house. Name them. These are the people I'm loving even though, it's, these are the, I, I, I got these people in my small group and they're encouraging me how to live the Godward life. These people in my family, they're helping me live the Godward life. I'm talking church family. And then, these are the people. I can name them. I'm working. They don't, they haven't bought into the ways of the king. They're still living in the ways of the world. But I'm gonna love them and show Jesus to them. And I never use the ideas of of the ways of the world to be the reason why I disengage. No, be a bright light. Be a bright light. Even in the pressure cooker. Even though it feels like it's it's so, and that's why you need the people of God. You need to be with God so that you can go back in and be a light. Your light will fade. You'll get confused. The lies of the age will get in and your light will get dim if you slowly just live without God at the center. All right, this turned into a series. Let's stand up together and... Uh,
Let me just close with this last phrase. It's actually a third time now that I'm reading it, but I just want you to hear it. I just love this quote this week. Christians should live in the world, but not be filled with it. A ship lives in the water, but if the water gets into the ship, she goes to the bottom. So Christians may live in the world. I'm going to change it. I don't know if you can correct D.L. Moody, but what's up, Chicago? They don't know it all. But Christians, you got to live in the world. Not may live. But so Christians, we live in the world. That's where I want you to get. I'm in the water, but there's no water in the boat. I'm immersed out there, but there's not worldliness in me. Just bow your heads with me. Jesus, set us apart. We pray for the ways of the kingdom, not the ways of the world. Today, it could be that you're saying, I'm so tired of living in confusion. I I have tolerated leaving God out, but no longer do I want to leave God out. No, I want God to be at the center. I want God. I, I want to love the ways of God because I love God. Because God's at the center. If you're in the room today and you say, I want to begin a journey as a follower of Jesus, not half-hearted, not, not casual consumer Christianity, but Jesus as my Lord of all. He's my king. I just want to invite you. We just slip up your hand. Just, I just want to pray for you. Just slip it up. Just a 10 second slip up. Just raise it high. Let me pray for you. Pray this prayer, whether you're online in the room, Jesus, take all of me. Give you my life. Put me on the narrow way. Rescue me. I give you everything. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Save me. In Jesus' name. Now, if you're in the room and you say, I have allowed a life where I leave God out in a way that I don't want to allow. You just raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Today you go, refresh, renew. Jesus at the center. Good, good. Right there, right there. Good, good, good. See it? Just pray this prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, I come to you. I ask that the ways of the world would fade. You'd be number one center of my life. I give you my life. I love you. Refresh this in me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's just give everybody a hand right there. Can you do that? Sometimes there's a prayer right there that says, hey, I want to be a disciple. Sometimes there's a prayer right there that says, hey, I'm a disciple, but I need... I need to carve out a, this is a good reminder of a few things I need to work on. I need God to do a fresh inside of me. I love you, Radiant. Jesus, we love you. God, we give gladly. I thank you for this generous church. God, I thank you for that 902,000, Lord God, at 18 month mark. You're doing this. Jesus, you're, you're, you're at work in ways we can't imagine. So God, be first in our finances. Be first in our affection. Be first in our time. Be first in our finance. Be first in our church. 
We love you. We give cheerfully. We give gladly in Jesus.